20 Schemes is the church planting ministry of Nidri Community Church in Edinburgh, Scotland and Redeemer Fellowship Church in Bardstown, Kentucky. I'm Mez McConnell and this is the 20 Schemes podcast. So we have got Stephen Hutchison here with us um, today. Stephen, why don't you just um, tell people a little bit about yourself and what exactly it is you do with 20 Schemes? Sure. Um, my role is the principal of the new Ragged School of Theology. That's um, a great name, by the way. <laughs> Who thought of that name? I've, could have been you, Mez, yeah. could have been you. Of course it was me. Um, so yeah, my job is to oversee the, the new Ragged School, which we're uh, anticipating starting very soon, just in the next three or four weeks. Um, and we're really looking at training up um, indigenous converts for the work of the gospel and getting them involved in the local church so they'll have one day a week where they come for theological training and uh, it's all very practical um, and then they'll get the ministry experience in the context of the local church as well. Cool, just so you know you don't have to look at the camera. Okay, anything. so you I was just, wondering. You're just going to look at me otherwise we'll just be looking everywhere and looking a bit creepy. <laughs> no, it's not just a conversation. Um, if, you, if you can hear the noise in the background again we're still recording this at, at 20 Schemes uh, church planters and uh, interns retreat, and so there's a lot of noise downstairs. But don't let that worry you as we keep talking about this um, stuff. About I want to talk about theological education a little bit, but let's go back to the Ragged School of Theology because that is a beautiful name. Mm. What is the root of the name Ragged School for those who are unfamiliar with? Sure. So this might be another great idea of yours, Mez, but um, really based in the 19th century in the UK, there was these Ragged Schools which really referred to poor children and there was various people that started these ragged schools for... Thomas really, Guthrie specifically, Yeah, right? Thomas Guthrie in Scotland was the prominent guy who, who led a lot of these um, ragged schools, uh, in particular the emphasis on Christian education as well. So it was to really give poor children an education, they gave them food and clothing and other stuff too. But that's really where the ragged schools comes out of the 19th century UK and Thomas Guthrie in particular. As a and Christian. so you're happy with that name because your name was Haldane? Yeah, Haldane, the Haldane brothers in Scotland, they were another couple of, of famous uh, Christians who were uh, big on Christian education and they were involved in other parts of Scotland. But uh, ragged schools, good, at, at, I think it incorporates what we're trying to do. But my first so, choice, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, I remember what it was called. It was the Aggressive School of Theology. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. The Aggressive School <laughs> of Theology. And if I remember, that's based around Thomas Chalmers. Yeah, so Thomas Chalmers had a, called the Aggressive Principle, which was really the idea that we should be aggressive as Christians in taking the gospel to unbelievers and not wait for them to come to us or come to church so the the principle behind it is a good one but i'm glad we've moved to ragged everybody it's... started freaking out with the name aggressive school of theology but and in the end i thought oh you know sort of all my like working class lads loved it they thought yes it's a great and then all yeah. my sort of more middle class lads were like oh it's not how's that going to look if we yeah. people are coming to from overseas and having to register for this aggressive school of theology. Yeah. So in the end, we went for Ragged, which I think is a good compromise. Yeah, um, so I'm looking forward to it. So talk to me a little bit about um, theological education. We've both been through seminary system up to master's level, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, one of the things that I just tie my shoelaces, I've been very professional on the camera here. Um, one of the things that 
uh, it's concerned me in the last 20 years of pastoring and planting and teaching in, in various contexts, poor contexts around the world, is that how the sort of theological educational system that's largely in place in the UK anyway, and the Western world generally, is not really geared to or even producing leaders from people from our communities. Would you agree with that, disagree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's spot on. And I think what we're trying to do with the Ragged School of Theology is as we partner with Vocational Bible College Australia, the emphasis really there is on training in a different kind of way. It's not dumbing down the content, but it's really um, appropriating it in a way that is accessible for the people that we're finding coming to faith through our communities. So the emphasis is really on what can a student do rather than just on what they know. So rather than writing a 10, 15 page paper, theological essay, they're actually, they're writing Bible studies, they're preaching, they're, um, they're doing journals, they're, they're doing uh, portfolios. So the assessments are different uh, perhaps than what they would get in a normal uh, university setting. And even heaven agrees with us because we now can hear the angels singing in the background. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm interested in this whole higher educational model of theological training against vocational because what we're doing is not new we're not we've not invented some amazing new theological thing we're, we're basically offering vocational training so mm. um, and historically at least there seems to be a bit of snobbery in academia around whether a higher educational degree that, that we've got mm. over and against this vocational degree that we'll be offering that one is better than the other. What, yeah. what, do you, what do you think about that, particularly? I think traditionally, um, yeah, there is the thought abroad that, especially in the, the States, if you've not got your MDiv, then you're kind of down the pecking order to be a pastor. Um, in the UK too, generally, students, you, you're looking for a theological degree, but whether you're a, a joiner or a plumber, um, these kinds of professions, they're trained differently. And it's not that they're um, not as clever as uh, like a, a scholar, right? A scholarly degree, yeah. They're they're just trained differently. It's about what you can do. So, in the vocational sector, it's all about competence and are you competent to accomplish a task? Um, and as we know in ministry, there's lots of tasks that need accomplished. So. Um, that's primarily what we want to train our converts in and again it's not about uh, one being smarter than the other there's very smart people in vocational sector and there's people that come out with a theological degree that aren't that good in ministry for various reasons so um, it really is um, quality training that we're looking to Why to have we got a situation where um, I know about 80 something percent of all UK evangelicals have a university degree, at least one university degree. Mm. Current figures are to be believed. Mm. Um, wh why have we professionalised, like pastoral ministry, to 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 such an extent that it's now you know it's almost a prerequisite that you have a degree mm. before pastoring? Because I don't read that in the Bible. Yeah, it's very interesting when Vocational Bible College Australia they they highlight. Um, in Acts, um, the early apostles, they were unschooled, ordinary men. Um, um, but I think 
in the last... Um, but Paul wouldn't have been unschooled, right? Yeah, Paul wasn't, certainly, but uh, you think it's Peter, the, some of the Andrew mm. Fisherman, there was a mixture in there, and that's going to be represented in our, our culture, and especially in the schemes of the UK. Um, so I think what we, we want to do is recognise that and allow for training that doesn't just solely focus on the, the head knowledge. So th th we don't want to downplay the importance of academia and that has a place, but there also has to be a place for training the hundreds and Lord willing thousands of people that are never ever going to go to a university. Um, figures are, I think, similar in Australia too. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people are not going to come out of uh, high school and go straight into a university degree. So these everyday working class people they, they have the ability, it's just they don't have that pathway uh, for training that will allow them to serve in the local church. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some obviously some Bible colleges would probably argue with that because they would say we offer vocational um, training and that. So what, what's particularly what's particularly unique about what we're trying to do with this School of Theology, as you say, in terms of the teachers, in terms of... Yeah, I think, um, firstly, I think the, the teachers, um, yourself including others, uh, Nidrain, uh, we're, we're using people that are practitioners who are familiar with the context, the scheme ministry, um, the inner city type of thing. So we're, we're using people that are familiar with the, the context and that obviously plays a big part in mm -hmm. the way that um, classes are taught, uh, the illustrations that are used, the practical applications. So as these students are coming for their one day a week uh, in class, they're then serving out in a plant somewhere, maybe in Scotland, and the, there's no disconnect between what they're learning in the classroom and what they're actually practising. So it, it's, there's an integrated whole there, I think. Do you think that we really have to learn, like... church history in order for us to be effective in housing estates. Do you think, you know, are, we, are we teaching church history in...? in we are, we are. So, um, so tell me why, we, why, why are we teaching a particular subject like that? What, what relevance does that have? Yeah, I mean, church history is fantastic. You just Some of the stories that we read, it would be a whole video discussion. We could talk about the benefits of church history, but even the name Ragged Schools if you don't know a bit of history, that's that's going to be meaningless to us. So when we find out that actually guys like Thomas Guthrie have been doing this 200 years ago, pretty much a similar thing, we're not reinventing the wheel here, um, it gives us an encouragement to think, yeah, there's still a time and a place for this kind of training. There's other guys, we talked about Thomas Chalmers earlier, Scottish pastor, uh, and many others that have sought to reach out into the schemes, the the neighbourhoods of the UK and beyond uh, throughout church history. So that kind of thing isn't new, but if we are unfamiliar with church history, we're going to think that... Uh, all right, then, will, they, will, will, will our people have to like learn Greek and Hebrew and all that, that chat that I had to learn? Because I was, <laughs> I was useless at that stuff. Yeah, sure. I think not in the, the initial stages. I think there is maybe a, a, a small class in the third year of training which just uh, allows students to 
to maybe get familiar with just some words and alphabet so that they can do word studies and things. So there, there is one little class, I think, on um, Greek uh, towards the end of the, the three-year program. Um, so, so one of the questions so, people ask me is, when we, we talk about our, our training courses that we do and the, and the theological training that we do is, where do you get the people from? How do you ensure that what you're teaching is not only accessible, but of a good standard? Hmm. Um, you know, in seminaries, guys, uh, 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 invariably the professors all have at least degrees or MDs hmm. or whatever, PhDs. Yeah. But, you know, we're not exactly full of them in terms of uh, uh, those who are involved in, in teaching hmm. in the ragged school. So how, how are we going to maintain high standards? Yeah, I think... Um, there's a couple of things. I think in terms of the content, um, Vocational Bible College is rigorously kind of audited from time to time and there are standards, there's competencies for the students to meet in terms of their, their uh, education. So whereas in a, in a university setting you might get a 1, 2, a 3, a 4 or a 70%, 80, 90, vocational Bible training isn't like that. You're either competent or you're not yet competent. So even if somebody isn't able to accomplish a task, they, they, we then work with them to say, okay, what do we need to do to get you from A to B to accomplish that task and so that you are competent? Um, I think in terms of the, the trainers, uh, we want to be using guys like yourself, folks that are um, in the schemes, that they're, they've been doing ministry, they're experienced, and they are able to pass on their wisdom, their knowledge and experience to the students. And even outside class time people, they're able to ask questions. And that, that keeps the material, the content as well, uh, focused and the application good. So it's not just a university professor um, that's maybe a little bit more detached from the local church, but actually practitioners who are training these students. So tell me, here's one of the big factors that we always run into with theological education at any level anyway, is cost. Mm. It's usually, in, in, in terms for our context, right, it's usually just exorbitantly high. So how are we keeping cost down, or are we, or are we mm. keeping cost down? Yeah, no, I think that's one of the, the great benefits of what will be the Ragged School of Theology and Vocational Bible College Australia tried to do this as well. Our Certificate 4 in Christian Ministry and Theology um, Certificate, which is the year one of the three-year ladder, if you like, um, we're starting at £2,500, which when you compare that with a university degree is um, a lot cheaper. Um, so, How does that compare to a seminary? Yeah, I, I, my training was in the States, so I can only talk from... Well, I, I can tell you from my experience, yeah. 20 years ago, I was paying five grand a year. Yeah, I was, years ago. I was similar. It was five grand a year, and in grad school, it was, I think, um, it was about probably the equivalent of 7,000 uh, a semester. But even so two and a half grand for a guy from a council estate or something who wants to mm -hmm. go, that's quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so... Is yeah. there a way they can get help with money? Yeah. Can they get? Are they eligible for grants, like student grants and stuff like that? Yeah, I think what we're trying to do in-house at least is incorporate into our budget so that maybe half of our uh, students will have access to bursary um, for that two and a half thousand. So obviously we'll need to raise that money to be able to offer these uh, scholarships, if you like. So as you rightly say, 
these indigenous converts, when they come, they often don't have um, wealthy connections, as a lot of middle class people do. They don't know where to access the money. Um, so we're still looking into other avenues uh, for funding and we'll continue to do that. But we would hope that there will be some people that might be able to access uh, mm -hmm. funds uh, on their own, but we recognise that there will be a few that, that won't and we want to try and uh, work with them. Is any of this stuff going to be available online? or? or? Yeah, that's our hope. So the, the first year, um, we're just doing it in-house. We're running it as a pilot year and we're hoping to just... Um, contextualise it and see how, how the course runs and how the students get on and then hopefully from next year we'll we'll look at things like video streaming or yeah. online stuff, distance learning and well, see how One of the things that we we agreed that we would do is that me and Ian Williamson, who's a friend of ours who's down in Middlesbrough, is that me and Ian are going to sit in in practically every class that we can because mm. you know, it's, it's one day a week, it's on a Wednesday more than nine till five. Uh, yeah, pretty much ten till four thirty. Ten till four thirty. We're going to sit in for a year. I think we've got about twenty guinea pigs, mm. and um, just work out the kinks mm. in the the material. Let's just run through it. Look, a, stop now and then, and assess. See where we can better contextualise or put in yeah. or put in illustration. So I think that's good. So we're not really we're not launching it this year. Mm. We are launching it. Uh, our pilot project and then yeah. opening it up. So what are some of the, the, the um, some, what's the curriculum, some of the topics yeah. in the curriculum? So be? there's nine subjects in total in this, this first uh, year, the uh, Certificate for in Christian Ministry and Theology. So the first, um, it's kind of two 19-week semesters, if you like. Right. Um, this The first uh, semester will be doing Old Testament, New Testament, Introduction to the Bible and Evangelism. And then year two, we'll have um, discipleship, or not year two, semester two, discipleship, um, ministry in small groups, um, life in ministry, and uh, early church history. And then there's a kind of half uh, class, it's, it's about 10, 10 periods long, on ethics of family. So we'll, we'll run that as a summer intensive um, just to incorporate, mm -hmm. uh, the Australian system works in over about a 40 week period where our old IDC was about 30 weeks. Yeah. So we're having to extend the programme a bit. Uh, and there'll be other topics going on, preaching, etc. Yeah, so yeah, year two and year three, there's other topics, preaching. And um, and, and it's all, again, very focused on how it's practical. So how will a class can do it? How will a class vaguely, how will it work? Because how we do IDC now, our intensive discipleship courses now is, I usually stand up the front and speak for 30, 40 minutes, yeah. give a lecture, and then we take a few questions, and they all sit in rows. But it's, it's not going to be like that anymore, is it? Yeah, yeah. there's going to be, uh, I think, a lot more opportunity for discussion. So there'll be a topic, and of course the, the trainer will have uh, material that they'll mm. have to present and the students will take notes. Uh, so that, that won't be too dissimilar, but there will be opportunity, and there was before, but I think to a greater extent, mm -hmm. there'll be interaction amongst the group, and that will form part of their assessment, how the students actually interact, right, questions yeah. they're asking, questions they're asked. Um, the, will they have an exam? Um, there'll be different kinds of assessments. So one of the, the good things with vocational Bible uh, training is that it's not just a paper 
um, or a presentation. There's portfolios that they can give. There's Bible studies they can write. Uh, there's role play. So there's a wide variety of different ways that we can assess students okay. to see if they are competent. So for instance, in the evangelism class, we're going to give them the opportunity to share the gospel in a role play and we'll be able to offer feedback on, okay, this was good, this could be improved. What about guys who struggle with literacy, maybe didn't finish high school? Yeah. A lot of our guys yeah. you know, didn't do very well in the education system, have various issues, um, yeah. reading, comprehension, etc. Yeah. How is it going to work for them? So I think there's a couple of things there. Um, there is a standard of literacy that is required to do the course. So it may not be for everybody. Um, and we, we can establish that in a couple of ways, just through even the application form. If somebody is really struggling to fill out an application form or English isn't maybe their first language, we want to work with them and we can to a certain degree. But let's say they go, they, they, they go and they take notes, they write a paper and you know, you know what it's like in, yeah. when you go to seminary. If you don't get your footnotes right, you lose you know, yeah. 10 percent of your marks. Sure. We're not talking about that sort of. No. Sort so, of so maybe a guy writes a paper. It's a great paper, but it's full of errors and yeah. spelling mistakes. But you understand he's got it right. Yeah. He's got it right. What, yeah. So we're not work? we're we're not looking at um, it's not marking down with red ink every time there's a spelling error. We we look at the content. Have they got an understanding of the content, the answers, um, and we'll work with them to say, okay, this this can be improved. It's either again competent or not yet. Is it competent. maybe worth offering some sort of additional learning support either yeah. in the churches they come from or the, the people? Where? Yeah, definitely. So part of uh, me being able to assess students, I'm personally having to go through a certificate for and training and assessment. And one of the modules in that course is uh, language literacy and numeracy. So that hopefully will equip me to be able to better serve those who struggle in that way. Um, yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward to it. Tell me a little bit about your role at Church in Hard Places. Yeah, so Church in Hard Places, we're excited about connecting with uh, planters and church workers, not just in Scotland, which 20 scheme targets, mm -hmm. but throughout the world. So at the moment, um, we have a monthly kind of cohort of students who Right. Twelve, uh, is it twelve, eleven, twelve? Uh, eleven at the moment, right. yeah. So they they have a syllabus where they read a book or some essays uh, every month and they write a two to three page paper uh, which I mark and send back with some feedback. Um, and then they also participate in a monthly Zoom call which um, is as part of and uh, some of the other guys. So we have these apprentices and they we, we bounce ideas off each other, we discuss some theological issues, some practical issues in their church, and we pray for each other and get to know each other. Uh, and then flowing out of that, we're looking forward this November to seeing some of the guys come yeah, over. Yeah, they're all coming over. And, and that, um, that uh, Church in Our Places is sponsored by, obviously, Acts 29, it's an Acts 29 mm. uh, 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 ministry, and the aim, hopefully, is to be able to make Acts 29 more accessible mm. to guys working in poor communities. Everything we're trying to do is making the gospel, making ministry, making theology, doctrine, making all of these things more accessible mm. for guys who ordinarily wouldn't have the chance to do that. Yeah, and I think one of the great things with these essays, it's not just for the sake of writing an essay, but when they're writing a two to three page paper, they're actually answering the questions that form 
the Acts 29 um, interview process or the questionnaire. So if they were going direct to Acts 29, they would yeah. have to fill out uh, these They wouldn't, they wouldn't be able questions. to fill out these forms. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're breaking it down into bite-sized chunks each month. Yeah. We're, we're interacting with them over the content and then um, hopefully at the end of that two-year period, we'll, we'll have the majority of the answers that they need to, yeah. to do that. Cool. Thank you, Stephen. Thank, Thank you. you very much for your time and all the work that you're doing. And um, I'm excited to see what God's going to do with this. Yeah, absolutely. With these conversations, we're trying to expose some of the issues we experience in our ministries. We hope that with honest and frank conversations, we can begin to open up on some of the hard realities of church planting and revitalization in schemes and council estates around the UK. In fact, even around the world. In this spirit, these conversations will be published completely uncut.